Caldwell Madison Review, episode 66, for Thursday, Thursday evening, October 19, 2017, the only podcast in the world coming to you from a board that really needs new struts, so if you're wondering what the noise is, I'm driving. Right now, I'm on my way to the grocery store to get be specific, but I thought I would record an episode. Hey, 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 stop. It's also the only podcast in the world that wishes this Android app. Um, just allowed you to play one song without continuing on a playlist. Maybe there's a setting. I'm not going to look now. I'm, I'm driving and... Uh, playing a song on my phone here. At least I'm not texting. Yeah, I, I, I was going to do a show earlier this week, and it didn't work out, um, but I think I'm going to do a video tomorrow. So I'm going to film film the uh, Caldwell Madison Review 67, uh, and then I'm going to Upload it to Minds.com and YouTube.com. Uh, so I'm just going to do my show, see how that turns out. Uh, probably won't be up until, I guess, Friday night because it's going to take a long time to upload. I think it's going to take longer to upload than it will be to, uh, you know, edit it. Just because I have a slower internet connection but I'll I'll upload it in like 720 or something like that it'll be a good compromise you get the HD but you know I'll, I'll still be able to upload it timely I uploaded a 1080p video to my YouTube channel and to give you an idea six gigabytes takes I don't know well it took it took hours move on here with the show what I'm going to do there's a couple of things that I want to talk about you know, I had some articles aside of being in my car. I'm, not, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna be able to reference those. I'm gonna turn on NPR. Let's see what. Let's see what's what's news on NPR today. For now, it's 5:10 Central Time right now. So I'm gonna tune in here and see what they have going on for topics other uh, transactions that they that they sort of flagged and said, you know, these potentially violate best practices or they violate what has since been clarified as uh, UW's policies. An example of that uh, was at UW-Madison where the university essentially passed on the money that it gets uh, in exchange for the broadcast rights to Badger sporting events at several million dollars. Uh, passed that on to so it sounds like they're talking about money in the UW system, the University of Wisconsin system, perhaps specifically Madison. Well, if you're wondering, this show, um, not from Madison, but but uh, from South Eastern Wisconsin. Not illegal. It's not rising to the level of discipline or or uh, the level of what was happening at Oshkosh, but it's something we want to take another look at. 
Talking to Nico Savage from the Wisconsin State Journal, looking at a UW system review of uh, money transfers from university campuses to their foundations around the state, looking to see there if go. they were doing anything wrong. And Nico, we should say there's the wrap up here mismanagement of money, uh, financial impropriety. They often think embezzlement. Some individual is profiting. That didn't even didn't happen even in the case of UW Oshkosh. Is that right? Yeah, that's the argument uh, uh, certainly of the the two UW Oshkosh leaders who have been sued in this is that you know they they are saying we weren't doing this to, to benefit ourselves. The basically how that how those improper transfers uh, improper according to, to UW were used was to fund uh, real estate and development projects in and around Oshkosh. The uh, 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 officials from Oshkosh have essentially argued, well, these still ultimately benefited the university, benefited the community. And one important thing also uh, uh, to note is that this UW uh, investigation that was released yesterday is uh, only one of two investigations that there are into the relationships between these universities and their private foundations. This is the internal investigation that UW is doing for itself. There is also an independent <laughs> the investigation that's taking a look at these relationships. Uh, I talked with one lawmaker and asked, you know, does this answer all the questions you have uh, uh, about the UW Foundation? Uh, and he said, no, I'm still waiting. So it's an interesting topic. Of course, it's good that they find out that there's not corruption going on in the system, but like personally, when I hear this stuff, you, you gotta wonder. Uh, well, he said there's one, there's two sources. One was an internal source, and one was an external source. And I, I mean, I pay t t uh, more attention to national news, and when it comes to the national, um, there's some national stories. You know, like, like I can think of, for one, the Hillary Clinton email, uh, the whole the whole email scandal thing, and the, the whole Russian hacking thing. Well, they had a private company, so the private source doing the investigation, uh, and there were some very peculiar things found out or uh, found about that. Uh, there's speculation that the a lot of speculation, I think, on a number of items. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, unfortunately. Uh, maybe a couple items that would suggest that the hacking was done internally. And I think, if, if I'm remembering correctly, one had to do with the, the data transfer that had to have happened during the time the, the hack happened. Uh, um, before they could catch it or, or whatever, what have you. Um, it, it would have been way too fast to be transferred over the internet. It would have had to been taken by a thumb drive. So the point I'm trying to make is you can have investigations from so-called external sources, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're external auditors or, or investigators that were looking into this money are corrupt or bought off, uh, but I would like to know more about that before I would be all gleeful and uh, thinking that there's no waste of money uh, in the colleges. I think there definitely are waste. Uh, it, there are a lot of waste goes on in the college, and uh, they could afford to waste a lot because um, everybody's going to college. There's there's more people going to college than. than can get jobs. Uh, there's low interest rate student loans. So, 
the, the, so they can they can essentially charge more because it's so easy to get the loans. There's not gonna there's gonna be less people to contest the price. So uh, I, I I would argue just from a principle standpoint or on, on that that there is a waste of money. But let's let's uh, get into this conversation a little bit more. Budget to um, uh, to, to to take action on the UW Oshkosh Foundation and, and kind of ensure that uh, taxpayer money wouldn't be used to bail out, as it were, in the words of some lawmakers. Uh, that foundation, um, in turn, UW system basically said we're not going to use uh, taxpayer money uh, to help cover the foundation's outstanding debts, and, and the foundation has, has since said it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, has since filed for bankruptcy. Miko, thanks a lot for being with us today. Thank you for having me. That's Nico Savage, higher education reporter for the Wisconsin State Journal. He joined us to talk about some questionable transactions that were flagged between UW campuses and their private foundations as detailed in a new UW system investigation. Coming up, we'll find out how our morning commute ties Wisconsin communities together. Stay with us on Central Time. On Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Oh, obviously, I'll skip through some of this stuff here. You know, I don't know if, if I said NPR before, but if I said NPR, it's actually WPR. This is Wisconsin Public Radio here. You're listening to Central Time on the Ideas Network. I'm Rob Ferrer. And I'm Veronica Rickard. Coming up later, we'll look at the plight of honeybees across the globe and what's being done to help them. First, there's a good chance you commute to work in the morning, driving maybe across town. Honeybees, the sacred cow of the insect kingdom. Buses and bikes as thousands and thousands of other people make that same ride to work. Our next guest took your daily commute and everyone else's and put them together to look at the big picture. She mapped out the ways that commuting connects communities in Wisconsin to one another, from rural areas to the state's biggest cities. Malia Jones is an assistant scientist and social epidemiologist at UW-Madison's Applied Population Laboratory. Her report on commuting in Wisconsin is at wiscontext.org. It looks cool. You should check it out. Malia, welcome back to Central Time. Thank you for having me. Well, what led you to tackle this issue of who's going from where and to where? So I'm interested in a couple of things. My re research actually looks at the way that people... Sounds like you have too much time on your hands for me. ...select uh, different spaces in their lives and how those spaces affect their health. And so I'm really interested in disparities between urban places and rural places. <laughs> hey, speaking of government waste, I wonder I wonder how she gets paid. Okay. Town and then, um, I'm at the store, so... Suburbs of small, urban, and then rural. We're going to have to skip this story. I want to go shopping, and then I'm going to do the rest of the Cuddle Medicine Review, episode 66, on the way home. And there's a little, a little bit of uh, excitement here. I'm going to try to put a Canadian quarter in the shopping cart thing and see if it works. And what do you think? Do you think it's morally wrong to put a Canadian quarter and an American shopping cart lock. Because the person that takes their quarterback will get a Canadian one. If so, then I think it's also morally wrong to put your dirtiest quarter in the shopping cart thing. Because you're giving somebody a dirty quarter. You wouldn't want that dirty quarter, would you? Alright, I'm leaving my microphone on when I go in there. See if I meet anybody interesting. Ooh. 
Uh, who are you? What's up? Uh, Wyatt? No, I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. Huh? Nice to meet you. What the? What is your name? Adam. Oh, we have an Adam. Oh, yeah? No. He's having a party party on Saturday. What? Seventy-three twenty-seven. All right. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Me too. Uh, hey, Adam. Yeah. Hi. Uh, Look at my big umbrella. It's pretty big. Oh yeah? Down from the hills to get my food. <laughs> well, the Canadian quarter didn't work. Interesting kid in there. Didn't speak to the mother. And a guy commenting about how much. Food I bought, because I bought a lot. I'm consuming some of it now. All right, let's go. Maybe about what a beautiful lawn was. If we opened up. Well, they're talking about lawns. Maybe, maybe not the whole whole lawn uh, would be grass. What if part of your lawn was meadow or prairie, um, and you had a different idea about. Um, Sort of, yeah, what beauty was. And I think that what's interesting is a lot of people talk about their neighbors being cute nurse, you know, upset if they don't. You made eye contact. I should have stopped my car and hollered. I didn't. Such a beta male cuck. and writing and she's also a beekeeper her new book is oh. called where honeybees thrive story uw madison huh and for those in the madison area squandering some of that money during a book launch event it's going to be held at a room of one's own bookstore on friday november 17th at 6 p.m you're listening to beekeeping i heard um 
I heard of, of people beekeeping to get lower property taxes, which is pretty crazy. It's kind of a way to cheat the system in some areas. I don't know where exactly, but I remember hearing about that. Walk on the moon. This is Central Time on the Ideas Network. Ninety point seven, the Ideas Network, WHAD, Delafield, Milwaukee, the world. Oh, it's made around in, you. It's made in Delafield. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Jack Spear. White House Chief of Staff John Kelly says he was stunned and brokenhearted by Democratic Congresswoman's criticism. President Trump's call to the widow of a soldier killed in Niger earlier this month. That was a messed up story. NPR's Tamara Keith reports Trump is embroiled in a controversy about how presidents communicate with the families of the fallen. Retired General John... So I heard some mixed things on that, that um, Congresswoman... Can't think of her name at the, at the moment, but yeah, she just she laid into how Trump made this really insensitive call. She was in the car to a Gold Star mother uh, about her fallen son, and uh, and then so she said one one part of the story. Uh, I saw a headline where the where the mother said. He was, in fact, insensitive, but then I heard, uh, or I saw, rather, an interview from the father who said, the words he said were misunderstood, and he had no intention of saying anything offensive. It was said that he said, you know, he, he knew what he was getting into or something like that. So you know all this stuff gets twisted around. And then a congresswoman later uh, backtracks some of it, but still saying that this, you know, this call was terrible. It's totally unbelievable. And I'm sure, you know, they record every call they do. So I'm sure Donald Trump has a recording of it. And I think he actually said he did too. Let's see what else is on in the news. Calling it Russia's new weapon of choice. When a country can come interfere in another country's elections. That is warfare. It really is because you're making sure that the democracy shifts from what the people want to giving out. That and they're also well, it's talking about Russia again. So the, there were new revelations that Russia was behind some of the Black Lives Matter stuff to ruffle feathers, um, create division, uh, this, that, and the other thing. Um. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, I don't know what this this so-called evidence is. I don't know if they found the source. Um, I think one of the largest Facebook pages was accused of being Russian. The the Black Lives Matter Facebook page is either the biggest one or the second biggest one. There was Russians behind it. That's the accusation. So, I mean, even if this is true... It just, you know, that further kills the narrative that, you know, the old, they're helping, I mean, in, in this scenario, it would appear that they're helping, uh, they're trying to help the Democrat side or 
or whatever. State of Michigan reportedly offered a larger incentives package for a Foxconn manufacturing plant than Wisconsin did. And by the way, um, and it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Russia was doing this because it'd be very similar to the things that the CIA, you know, of the United States has done in other countries, uh, countries, you know, that they didn't like the whatever regimes of, they always tried to create division and put little pieces of uh, media out there like that or propaganda or whatever, start some kind of story, things of that nature. I try to throw that in there, throw a little wrench in the gears, so to speak. You're listening to Central Time on the Ideas Network. I'm Veronica Rickers. And I'm Rob Ferret. Coming up, a bill making its way through the legislature would change the way cooperatives in Wisconsin can choose to be structured. We'll hear arguments... Cooperatives in Wisconsin. First news about years of alleged serial harassment and assault from Hollywood mega producer Harvey Weinstein is renewing a national conversation about sexual harassment and abuse and what that culture feels like for women. And our next guest says there are things men, even men who don't commit acts of sexual harassment and sexual assault can do about it. You know, there's, and uh, I, I keep hearing it's, it's they uh, they continue on with this whole women thing. Yeah, well, women do get sexual assaulted. They get unwanted sexual advances all the time in these kind of situations. Uh, these, you know, whatever they call the position of power situations. But one of the uh, missing pieces of the story that you hear, well, you hear some places, but not on like, you know, uh, public radio or on your mainstream medias is the men that are victims of this. Uh, there are men that have come out now, either saying they got groped or uh, asked, you know, if, if they would have sex with the, whatever, the gay director or something like that. And um, there are people like, Corey Feldman in the past and John Travolta in the past and who have talked about this. Well, let's talk about, you know, if we're going to talk about the women, which we should, we got to give uh, 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 a sufficient amount of time for, you know, the, the stuff that the men go through as well, since they are a factor in this and a very big one. This one is so special, or why this one's gathering so much media attention. Uh, I think part of that is tied to sort of our political environment right now, uh, in that we have uh, our, the president of the United States right now is one of the high-profile men uh, that has been uh, on, who has been accused of of uh, multiple acts of sexual violence. So. Okay, that's that's not really uh, the same. Okay, a lot of accuser, women accusers came out, of course, when he's running for president. That happens often. It doesn't mean 100% whether he had he made the, these advances or comments or not. Uh, what is obvious is that Harvey Weinstein did uh, almost to his own omission, and the fact that it was kind of a an open secret before with other celebrities and, and the like making comments about it. Uh, there's, you know, one was from Seth MacFarlane, one was on another, another show, uh, a popular show. Um, 
So, but but they always bring up the, the Donald Trump thing, and it, you know, and Hillary Clinton brought this up too, and, and said that Donald Trump was one of these people. And what about your husband? You you have uh, you have a lot to say about these men now, and you you were very late. Donald Trump got criticism for taking a, a day to condemn David Duke, when I don't think he he necessarily had to. Not that anybody necessarily has to condemn another person's behavior, but Harvey Weinstein gave a, gave a lot of money to the Clintons, so Cl- Clinton took about five days <laughs> to condemn Harvey Weinstein, and then, and then she drug she drug uh, drug Trump into it. Well, what about your husband? Man, what what a what a miserable woman. Twitter, all over Facebook, you know, hashtag Me Too or just putting Me Too on, on people's Facebook pages. And the idea of the Me Too campaign is that if we get every woman who's ever been on the receiving end uh, being victimized. Yeah, there's a lot of women now doing this hashtag Me Too things. Like, yeah, I, I was a victim too. I was looking at me. Now that it's convenient, um, I mean, it's something you should be battling all the time, I think. So again, it happens. But this guy's using words like "tremendous problem." <clears throat> I, compared to what? So how do you reverse that? If that's the case, and you're making the case that men, on some. And as by the way, it's not just men's duty to stop this. Uh, there, are, while there are female victims of this, there are also women enablers too, as you see all over. And women that will clear, they'll flat out say that they'll do anything for jobs. guys that they just stand there and they they grandstand like this say you know this is happening because men men aren't doing good enough and this this guy
So recognizing the scope of this problem results in sudden men having to really confront... Guys like this, they, they get up in the spotlight... So Run their mouths. You're that men need to confront those unpleasant parts of their own. You got a whole word salad to share. Well, let's see what his solution what is. What kind of steps that are concrete? What are the? What are some concrete steps? Yeah, so we've seen we've seen some men stepping forward and trying to make some concrete steps in, in sort of the wake of the Weinstein scandal and in the wake of the Me Too campaign. Um, there have been a couple sort of parallel campaigns to Me Too that have that have come out afterwards. So we have uh, some folks. But you're not answering the question. What are the steps? This idea that men should step forward and and say what they intend to change about themselves. Um, We're not, I'm, no, that's not how it works. Most men don't have anything to do, anything to do with this. And a lot of these men are, oh my gosh. but to get more concrete about like okay so what actually are the things that we are going to do and some of those things that we can get concrete about is you know we can commit to actually interrupting why see it, it's just i'm getting frustrated because they're going over a problem they're ignoring a massive part of the problem which is which is uh men getting uh, uh abused like this too so you're ignoring that part and rubbing salt into that wound by pretty much dragging all men into this, saying, even being apologetic about, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was happening and all this other stuff. Even that, that is shameful to this guy. Oh, no excuse. Oh, you gr oh, if only all men were like you, you know, I would like to see what this guy has got going on in his personal life. On the situation, of course. It sounds, you know what, you know what it sounds like. It sounds, it sounds like Harvey Weinstein. It's probably how Harvey Weinstein talked to his Democrat friends. It's probably sounding just like this guy. Example of that is, is men can stop rapes based in DC. So it's hard for me to answer like a kind of hypothetical scenario, but we can actually do our own homework and prepare to, you know, be ready to intervene in these situations. And as part of it, seeing examples of that in the media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we are much more likely to see examples of men laughing and nodding along and joking along with sexual violence in the media than we are to see men interrupting. Am I wrong? Is this guy just trying to not, like, just, is this guy not standing on some pedestal right now, dragging all of his men uh, into this problem? This stupid pervert in Hollywood? You can join in at 800-642-1. Luring girls? You know, it, it, it wasn't even really luring girls into his hotel room. I, I mean, I guess it is to a point, but if you're a woman, if, I, if you were a woman and you were my daughter or something like that, I, I'm gonna tell you, no, you don't go into, you don't go meeting in a guy's hotel room to do a business deal. And if he's wearing a bathrobe and you open up the door, don't walk in, shut it and walk out. Oh. Anyway, on that note, I'm gonna wrap is up for this episode of Caldwell Madison Review. I'm almost home, and uh, that was a good. 
little rant to leave on. Um, if you have comments on that, you can email me at adam at caldwellmadisonreview.com. And if you listen to this, uh, look for my video that I plan on shooting tomorrow. If not, I'll have some. I'll have some reason I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, so far, and I'm, and I'm thinking, thinking this this will work out just fine. I'm gonna do a video tomorrow, and I'm gonna upload it to minds.com forward slash Caldwell Madison, one word, and YouTube.com uh, somewhere on YouTube.com. I don't know. I don't have a YouTube.com forward slash anything fancy just go to minds.com all right thanks for tuning in i hope to catch you next time